Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a show for lovers. <laughs> oh, we're finally saying it. This show's for lovers. And if you're if that's that doesn't describe you, you know, that's okay, I guess. And can I say you don't have to have a partner oh, to no. be a lover? Oh no. I'm talking about people who just love who just do love hard and and love wet i you know what i almost said that That's and then bad. i was like that's too much i'm not going to and we're so. both kind of we're we're <laughs> we are um like they would say in a sort of problematic like late aughts like pop song that got a lot of radio play we're broken in the same <laughs> beautiful ways um this is wonderful it's a show where we talk about things that we like things that we're into uh, it's a Valentine's Day uh, spectacular. Oh, yeah. Got a lot okay. of big plans for you, loves yeah. chocolates. Um, I thought yeah. about doing a Valentine's Day themed thing, and I didn't didn't come up with anything that I felt good about, which maybe you did. I shouldn't I be. I didn't even think about it. Okay, fantastic. But the thing, I, I, I was tempted to bring Valentine's Day like exchange cards that you did in like oh, elementary yeah. school. I feel like that was the <laughs> Valentine's it exchange cards. <laughs> well, there's not a good word for it, right? Know, it's, right. It, it, it's not, I think that's what they're called because it's not like, it a, just sounds like a subway stamp coupon. <laughs> it is essentially all it was. I mean, when you got one of those from your friends, usually tucked into a big envelope that you had taped to the front of your desk or something like that. It's, we're not talking about a full blown Hallmark size card we're talking about a little piece of paper maybe there's some smarties glued to it or something but it's gonna have you know stretch armstrong it's gonna have mighty max it's gonna have the power rangers it's now there is a whole like diy empire like via pinterest on like making these elaborate like pun filled valentines for your child and i huh. see a lot of this okay uh and i don't know man when i was a kid I just I just wanted Alf on a Valentine. You yeah, know? I mean, for me it was Pokemon, and that's easy. there's a lot you can like just <laughs> yeah, literally true. just like I choose you. Yeah, and that's and that's you really Done. don't need anything else. You can from be Griffin rude. from Griffin. I choose you. <laughs> um, do you have a small wonder? Why don't you go first? I just did. Oh, that was it. Yeah, you, you said like I thought about. Oh, okay. Well, that was my small wonder. Oh, <laughs> you really tricked me. Uh huh. Um, okay, my small wonder is going to be just working in bed, I okay. guess. <laughs> Interesting. Elaborate. I, I so when I started working from home, I was very much like I'm going to sit in this office chair at this desk. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to just like maybe I'll just not sit in the office chair. And then slowly, as the pandemic has continued, it's like, maybe I'll just sit in bed. Uh-huh. Uh, and this might be sad. No, man. Free your mind. But uh, works for me. Sure. <laughs> Super comfy. <laughs> the bed is good for that. I'm always saying that about bed. <laughs> My first thing this week, if I may. Yes, please. Uh, is a beloved uh, comedian, not just by me, but I think by... Pretty much everybody uh, who ever heard his work, it's Mitch Hedberg, is who I'm going to be talking about first this week. Because um, I saw somebody on Facebook post like some quote of his, of which there are so, so many quotable things that Mitch Hedberg said. 
that I was like, oh, I should talk about Mitch Hedberg. And looking into him made me really kind of realize like what an actual impact his his work had on sort of how I think about comedy, uh, specifically how it can be uh, benign and still his, like very funny. Like it can be, it doesn't have to be, I listened to a lot of stand-up comedy. I watched a lot of stand-up comedy growing up. This should come as no surprise to 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 anybody who has listened to our work before is like we grew up ingesting a lot of works of comedy. But like even the 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 folks who I idolized got mean from time to time or there was some sort of edge to their work that was either sort of a little harsh then or has certainly not aged particularly well or now. they followed the kind of the like the the standard tropes of stand-up comedy right? right like the storytelling that like you can kind of follow beat for beat and know exactly where it's going exactly like even like i love pat oswalt right and i grew yeah. up listening to pat oswalt like hardcore uh, and it was great, but even then, like compared to Mitch Hedberg, like there was, there, it still got a little bit, uh, a little bit mean from time to time. Um, so Mitch Hedberg was a comedian who was active uh, in the late '90s and early aughts, and he had this really incredible, unique style of delivering these one or two liner jokes in this deadpan sort of stoner fashion. He specializes in a type of joke that I did not know there was a word for until I was doing this research today. And it's a word that I'm absolutely uh, obsessed with now. Uh, Paraprostokians is the name of this. I've never heard this. Yes. They are jokes with two halves, the latter of which is unexpected and sort of reframes how you think about the first part of the joke. Groucho Marx was a, like yeah. huge figure shot in an this. elephant in my pajamas yes exactly mm-hmm. uh so like for for example probably mitch hedberg's best known joke is i used to do drugs i still do but i used to too <laughs> it's so like good. the perfect sort of uh uh formula i feel like for what what the kind of style of joke that he worked in. And there's such a like fearlessness to it. Cause I feel like there are comedians that have probably thought of a good line like that, but then they feel like they have to build a whole story around yes. it. Cause they are afraid to just come straight out with the punchline. But, uh, but he the- cultivated this <laughs> yeah. like method of just acting on a stage that made it sort of make sense that he just stood up, usually not stood up. His style is usually wearing sunglasses on stage, usually seated and usually staring straight down at the floor, which is something I really like about Mitch Hedberg is like, he was very open about having stage fright and uh, his earlier comedy was not like this. Like it took him a while to get to this place where he was comfortable doing comedy the way that he did comedy really, really well and 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 people fell in love with him. And I really appreciate like seeing somebody lean into their own sort of personality to develop their onstage persona. Uh and and that is what, what Mitch Hedberg did. He would just stare at the ground and just absolutely just slay up there um he was just beloved he was the comedian's comedian like that's a very i don't know uh trite phrase i feel like but he if if it's true of anybody it was true of mitch hedberg um and he very sadly he died of a drug overdose in 2005 which i remember really uh uh, I, I, very clearly, they announced his death on April Fool's Day, and I, like many other people, thought it was just like a really sick joke. Although it did not take a second thought to realize, like that's not really the style of 
joke that he worked. He's not much of a pranker. Well, yeah, and he was also pretty open about his issues. Hugely open. Substance abuse. Yeah, he was on the Howard Stern show, I feel like, a a couple months before he died, speaking very openly, like, yeah, I use heroin, but it's I have it totally under control, and it's a, it's a, I I use it for its creative effects. Um, He had a heart defect his whole life, which they think contributed to his. Uh, to his death. Um, but I, I think that the way, it wasn't just important for me. I feel like the way he dealt with absurdity in this benign way really, really influenced comedy for a lot of people of, of, our, of our generation. Um, and the thing that kind of made it click for me is somebody wrote about how if Mitch Hedberg had been on Twitter, like he would have dominate like he yeah. would have been he would have been yeah an incredibly powerful for not that i think that that you know twitter was necessarily uh, no, a place that he would have shined but he was he was a shit poster like he was a, a comedian shit poster of the of the highest caliber and so concise too like i don't know what his editing process was but i have to imagine he just refined and refined and refined because it was very clear that there were no extra words in anything yeah exactly <laughs> and it made i don't know it made i feel like in some small way like watching mitch hedberg made me and a lot of people who try to be funny feel more comfortable with being like with being absurd and having that be the sort of defining characteristic of your comedy and not like here's some here, here here's some brutal takedown of x y or z yeah or you don't have to be super big you know yeah. like i feel like there were a lot of comedians you know in that time period that just had really big loud like raucous personalities and this was the opposite <laughs> of that um i don't have anything else except some really really good mish hedberg's jokes so i'm they're per- they're like really perfect yeah. for quoting like i don't remember many jokes but these are so because of how bite size they were like it, they're pretty easy to remember uh, my friend asked me if i wanted a frozen banana i said no but i may want a regular banana later so yeah <laughs> uh wearing a turtleneck is like being strangled by a really weak guy all day uh, i'm against picketing but i don't know how to show it <laughs> oh god uh if you're if you're flammable and have legs you are never blocking the fire exit uh I got a parrot. The parrot talked, but it did not say I'm hungry. So it died. <laughs> yeah. I just love Mitch Hedberg. I feel like it's easy to sort of write him off looking back as just like this stoner comedy yeah. like thing. But I feel like actually, if you look at what people find funny today, he is a, a titan. Mm-hmm. What's your first thing? My first thing is the slap shot. Oh, yeah. We have been watching a lot of hockey. So much hockey. Uh, this hockey season is is different in any number of ways, uh, much the way that a lot of professional sports have been. I would say the NHL has done a fairly good job of like keeping yeah. things. Yeah, like, I mean they're taking a lot of precautions. Uh, they basically split the league into like four mini leagues essentially and are keeping everybody kind of sequestered yeah there are fewer games you play the same team a few times in a row uh just to kind of minimize travel and exposure um there are all these rules around it but it's still you know there's some hiccups there the blues are now four games into an accidental six game series with the arizona coyotes yeah 
And these boys do not care for each other anymore. <laughs> Maybe those first couple games, they're like, all right, guys, let's just play clean out there. And now they're like, oh, here comes fucking, here comes Schwartz again. The fucking last, get him! The last game we watched, literally the game started with a fight. Like, like within 10 the seconds first, in. Yeah. yeah, the players. Over some beef that happened two games ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but one of the things there has been a lot of, uh, particularly the blues players have been doing a lot of slap shots. And, you know, it just, it obviously it depends on the goalie and the team you're playing, but it is a, a very effective way to get the puck in the net. I like, learn. I have learned a lot about the different types of shots and they are, there are some yeah. cool ass names like wristers and one-timers. <laughs> Slap yeah, so the the snapshot is is kind of what they call like a wrist, like a, like a fast wrist shot. Yeah. Uh, there's also a version of the slap shot that I, I I particularly like called the one timer. Right. Yes. So let me let me go back and just say what a slap shot is. So uh, it's it's the hardest shot that a player can can shoot, uh, and it is. Uh, raising your stick up, up to about shoulder height or higher, and then just slapping the ice behind the puck and using your weight to bend the stick so it stores energy like a spring. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that was happening. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes this can be tricky because of that huge windup. Right, yeah. Like, people know it's coming. Yeah, you are telegraphing it as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, so the one-timer is more effective in some ways because you don't allow the puck to stop. So this, this, it's like a very challenging shot, but if somebody passes the puck to you instead of steadying it and then winding up, you are just ready. So as soon as it gets into your little field of vision, you are, you are swinging the stick before it has even stopped. It's the raddest thing that can happen in hockey. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, the Blues have used this a lot for, I think, a few reasons. One, like Arizona's defense is so great. They can't get in close, yeah. Yeah, that if they stopped the puck and started to wind up, somebody would knock them over. Right, yeah. <laughs> Immediately. And also the goaltenders are very good. And so the the one-timer is more effective because the goaltender doesn't necessarily have time to prepare. Yeah, yeah. Like they are following the puck the same way we are, and they're trying to like figure out where it's going to be. And by the time it gets to that player, it's already on the way to them. It's what I really like about hockey is like there's so many different ways to score a goal, but usually it breaks down into let's get a bunch of guys really close to the net and then just like everybody just start hitting that puck as as, <laughs> as soon as you see it, just start sort of trying to chip it, chip it right in. Or if they won't let us do that, let's just fucking hit it really very, very hard directly at the goal and and see what happens. So there, there is somebody that is credited with the invention of the slap shot. Obviously, this is a tricky thing to track. Yeah, who's the first person that was like, I'll just hit it pretty hard, I'll I just guess. really get my stick back. Uh, and so, you know what's strange? And I, I, don't, I don't know the history behind this, but a lot of these slap shot players that are like, you know, particularly good at this technique on the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, wow. And I don't know if that's because it's like a very old team. Like it's just been around for a really long time. Yeah. But like when you look at some of the players that have been like most famous for this or having particularly hard shots, they're all Montreal players. So this is Bernard Boom Boom Geoffrian. Fuck yeah. One more? (laughs) One one more again? I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his last name. It's unfortunate because it really slows me down. Yeah. Through the best part. Uh, Bernard Boom Boom Geoffrian. Okay, sounds uh, good. <laughs> he um, he was doing this like way back in the beginning, uh, and he was so good at it. 
that supposedly in 1956, when the league mandated that a power play ended after a goal was scored, it was because of him. Oh, okay. It used to be that if you got that power play for two minutes, which meant you had more players on the ice... It would go the full two minutes. Just the full two minutes, no matter what. You score and score and score and score and score. So players like Boom Boom (laughs) uh, could get, you know, two, three, four goals. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so that's when they they made the rule, supposedly, in the 50s while he was playing. Of like, all right, if you get a goal, it's over. (laughs) You you, you play enough games where it's like 16 to nothing at the end of it. It's like, well, maybe something should change. Uh, the other thing that uh, I wanted to talk about briefly is the the hardest shot competition. So this happens every year at the All-Star Skills Competition. Yeah. And typically these these shots are like over 100 miles an hour. Fun. <laughs> Boy, howdy, I would love to stand in front of one of those. The thing that I kept thinking about is how like a big defensive maneuver when your team is shorthanded because of a penalty is a lot of players will throw their body down on the ice to block a shot. Uh, And with a slap shot, that's easier to do because you see the player wind up and you're like, Oh, they're going to do it. That just gives you more time to be like, I'm going to be fucked up after (laughs) this. This is going to hurt my body. So you have like a full second and a half of like, I'm going to die. Yeah. I will say hockey players are almost entirely covered like almost but there are definitely parts where the the coverage is not there yeah um and yeah they will just throw their body on the ground in front of these shots yeah sometimes repeatedly uh and they are going very very fast from what i could tell there is a record for the slap shot it's 108.8 miles per hour it's a boston bruins player um that's so that's so fast there is somebody from the american so there's the national hockey league and then i guess there's the american hockey league it was bested at 109.2 miles per hour okay the guy who had the previous record uh the 108.8 from the boston bruins zidane chara is six foot nine and 250 pounds i just yeah. an enormous Destro- man just Destroy me, Daddy! Get on that fucking ice and blast me with a hundred and eight mile puck, Daddy! Please, fuck! There have been other shots that have been recorded faster, but like the skills competition has a very specific. Like, here's the distance you stand at. You know, here's how we measure it. So they typically use that measurement as opposed to others. There may be faster shots. A shot coming at you from a seven-foot gentleman at over 100 miles an hour, I would argue, is the scariest shot that could come in. Yeah. There has not been a scarier shot. How would you goalie... How are goalies not just like, I'm fucking leave? Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Because I have other games to play. I'm not ready for my career to end because you punch a hole through me. Well, that's what I was looking at. Because, you know, like in the 50s, when I was talking about uh, our friend Boom Boom. Yeah. Not everybody was wearing helmets, you know? Like that was a time period where even the goalies like were just kind of, you know, they're wearing maybe like the the little Jason like face mask, but they're not like, you know, really investing in some helmets. And I can't imagine. It just feels better. (laughs) Hockey just feels better better without all the oh come on babe come on boom it's boom. so hard to breathe with the mask it's so on. hard to breathe we don't need it <laughs> boom boom just decapitated a guy uh, all right <laughs> actually you know what it feels better to wear the helmet i've decided recently yeah 
so yeah, I wanted to I wanted to bring the the slap shot. I mean, my my preference is for the for the one timer, right? Uh, but uh, it all kind of starts with that slap shot, that huge wind up. And in the case of Boom Boom, it ends your life <laughs> with the slap shot. Um, hey, can I steal your way? Yes. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain oh jumbotron Oh, okay. All right. I got nervous there. (laughs) Can you read this first one? Yeah, this is for Steven, and it is from Crystal. Happy early, late, maybe on time anniversary. We've been dating for seven years, and it's crazy how well we drive together since we met selling at Anime Con in Vegas. We survived a whole year of quarantine in our apartment, so there's nothing we can't do together. Here's to many more years together with a bunch of penguins. That, I mean, listen, quarantine's been tough for everyone. Uh, and, you know, we, we complain because of our little rascal that keeps us on our toes. But being quarantined with a bunch of penguins, 
I read Mr. Popper's Penguins. Those little guys are up to no good. Well, it's so loud. Loud. That's, you know, I, I like a penguin. I like to sure. see a penguin move around. I like to see him swim. But you get a couple rowdy rock hoppers. Loud guys. Loud guys. Um, here's a message, and this one's for Alyssa, and it's from Gabe, who says, Happy most recent major event, my love. Each moment of the last four and a half years with you has been wonderful. You made this year easier by playing games, watching shows, and crafting together. If I haven't gotten impatient and done so already, I want to use the podcast that makes me think of your lovable, goofy, sweet personality to ask, Will you marry me? And I like to leave a pause there for the answer because it's, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of times it's like. <gasps> maybe we yeah. should do another pause because maybe Alyssa it's was. It's still happening. Maybe it's. it's Alyssa happening. was shocked. Okay, you're right. Let's put Let's do a moment. And there's a reaction. Yeah, it's a moment of silence, but for love. Unless it already hit, they got impatient and it already happened. In which case, it's just dead air. <laughs> Unless Gabe submitted this and then immediately asked. It was like, never mind. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> um, congrats, Alyssa and yeah. Gabe. That's a, pure, that's a pure good love. Four and a half years. It's good. A good. It's a good, you know, it's a good time to uh, let your, your loved people know that you love them. Absolutely. So good work. Good work, Gabe. Welcome. Thank you. No problem. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power. I'd say comfort. What do you think of this? Oh. That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. Can't remember the last time I was as excited for a segment as I am for my second segment. Are you ready for it? This is one that spiraled wildly Wait, out of control. You didn't let me answer. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, I am ready. This spiraled out of control as I was researching it. Okay, and I want to walk okay. you sort of through. The process. Uh, we, like a lot of people, have been watching WandaVision, which is uh, a Marvel sort of... S- it's telling a story, but it's also a send-up of sitcoms, and specifically their theme songs. So watching this latest episode where they've kind of reached the 80s era of sitcom themes, uh, I wanted to talk about the theme song to Perfect Strangers, titled Nothing's Gonna Stop Me Now. Oh my gosh. You know more about this theme song uh, than I would expect for someone who never really watched the show. Never watched a fucking episode (laughs) of Perfect Strangers. I definitely watched Perfect Strangers. I don't know why exactly. It ran Uh, forever. It ran for, I think, eight seasons. This show went on for a long time, meaning America heard the theme song to Perfect Strangers a lot. Um, I'm not going to play it, but I will sing it. It's the one that's like, Standing tall on the wings of my dreams. It's that one. Mm, gives me chills. It goes for a long time. It's a long song. All, to be fair, all theme songs back on the that time period did. Yeah. Like, if you are somebody that has watched Quantum Leap and yeah. has watched the original theme song start to finish, very, very long. Yeah, Perfect Strangers was weird because it didn't use a lot of clips from the actual show. It was essentially a music video 
of the two main characters. Yeah, just walking around just together. Wa- just, well, even before that, it's like you see Cousin Balky in like his village saying goodbye to his family and then he gets on a yeah. truck headed for the US and then he's on a ferry driving by the Statue Kinda of Liberty. Kind like of Fresh Prince in a way. <laughs> kind of like Fresh Prince. Um, and the theme song is uplifting and powerful and has a pretty righteous few harmonica solos in there that are just like fully iconic. So I was like, okay, this song's great. Probably not enough for a whole segment, but hey, I wonder who <laughs> wrote this song. The song was written by a writing duo of Jesse Frederick and Bennett Salve. And these two came together in the mid-80s. They had eventually individually had some success writing music for uh, TV and movies. Jesse Frederick had done a few like film scores. Uh, Bennett Salve had been the music director for a few sitcoms like Mork and Mindy and Happy Days. Uh, but when these two got together, it started a movement. It started something important. First off, Perfect Strangers. They wrote the theme song for that. Ran eight seasons. People heard a lot of, of Frederick and Salve uh, during those years. 1987, Miller Boyette was working on another ABC sitcom production. And they they returned to, to Frederick and Salve. They were like, hey, we need a new theme song for this sitcom. Uh, and we want it to really pop off. We want it to be about achieving your dreams and about the love of the family. And uh, they were like, let's see what we can do. Went to the studio, came out with, you want to guess? I mean, you said family, so I'm tempted to say growing pains no but that's ooh, that's a good guess growing pains i don't know if they did i didn't i didn't find that out but it was everywhere you look for full house oh my gosh everywhere you look everywhere there's a heart there's a it's fucking good that's, that's a good incredible. one you know like I, there are very few theme songs i can sing start to finish mm-hmm. and like so far whatever you- happens to predictability <laughs> It's incredible. It's really, really good. That's another sort of iconic theme song, right? And people loved it. And at that point, you know, two's, two is a pattern at that point. People are saying, okay, these two, they're going to write you an upbeat, lyric-heavy song about love and family and chasing your dreams. There's some apocrypha about Full House I did not know. Uncle Jesse's character was originally Uncle Adam, and he was also a comedian living in San Francisco, which, like, that version of the show sucks shit. Uh, <laughs> but then they, in, in rewrites, got turned into, like, a cool rocker uncle and got renamed Jesse, and people said, well, that's based on Jesse Frederick, uh, the, cool, the cool rocker who <laughs> helped write the theme song for Full House. Said have mercy a lot. Said have mercy. Uh, apparently, Elvis had a twin brother who died young, whose name was Jesse, who is oh. probably the actual inspiration okay. for it. But anyway, September 1989, there's a new sitcom in the works. This one's a spinoff of Perfect Strangers, a fact that I forget anytime I think about this show. Let's get Frederick, Frederick and Salve back in the studio. This time, we're going to write a song about family. A family that loves each other. <laughs> no. Gonna talk about the bigger love of the family. That's right, it's family matters. As days go by, Frederick and Salve back in the fucking mix, crushing it again. Originally, the theme song to Family Matters was just It's a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Oh. 
they got six episodes in. They're like, no, we need we different need, tone. We need OC. We need original content here in the studio. Would, you know how we talked about uh, Yacht Rock a little? Yep. I feel like I would watch a Yacht Rock about these guys yes. writing these songs. Especially once they get into the 90s when they get to step by step. I thought maybe you were going <laughs> to. The same fucking guys. <laughs> when you were talking about all these like family TV shows, I started thinking of all the ones First step by step. Oh, Different every day. Do you ever watch that show? Fuck yeah, I watched it. I found it terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was an episode where I think Skip was one of the characters, and Patrick Duffy's character yeah. got in a very extended bar fight, like an extended <laughs> pool hall brawl that lasted for like an entire between commercials block like just beating ass nonstop. uh and i'll I, I remember that episode i remember very little else about it except for the incredible theme song yeah step i will tell you step. i feel like step by step was a show where maybe i would just watch the theme song and then turn it off yeah usually that was when i would <laughs> i would tap out it's just like incredible to me I never connected the dots of, hey, all these theme songs sound alike, and yeah. maybe they were written by the same people. As you're singing them, I'm noticing the commonality, but I never really thought about it. It would take literally one second of thinking about it to put together, <laughs> hey, maybe they were made by the same people, but I yeah. didn't do that until today when I was inspired. Uh, 2016 also got the fucking band back together. Wow. To uh, work on a little project called Fuller House. Oh, okay. Where they worked on a new version. I don't know hip, that one. Fresh version. Oh, you do, because we've heard it before, because they teamed up with the fucking queen of of reality, Carly Rae Jepsen, oh, to get together to make this You're new right. hot You're version. Right. We did. Fucking Bennett Salve, Frederick, Jesse Frederick, can't, what can't they do? I maybe do other things that aren't like incredibly uplifting sitcom theme songs. Yeah, I mean the sitcom has changed a little bit, so maybe you know maybe yeah. they're still willing to work, and we just need to find them the right project. Iconic though, iconic. Nobody does what they do better than they do it. Oh, did you bring this because they're the new Mabim Bam theme song? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm very excited about where we're at with the new Mabim Bam theme song. I don't know that we. I don't. I, they're probably. They're pro you probably can't get a meeting. With, yeah. With well, and your show probably isn't family friendly enough for them. They would not. I bet they have a high bar. They would write a first draft after we gave them the log line of our podcast that would be like, these three brothers are <laughs> coming together. Your dreams are inside. And then they would listen to an episode and be like, we hereby cancel our contract. Do not use that. Sure, you, you laugh and you love and you learn along the way, but the swears, so many, yeah. so many swears. I would say the theme song that's in the in the hopper has big has big Salve Frederick energy. Oh, that's high praise. Yeah, it is the <laughs> highest praise. What is your second thing? Uh, I think my second thing is cool. Okay. Uh, maybe not everybody. Strong does. defense. Uh, it is package tracking. No, I mean it's incredible. It's 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 incredible. Yeah. It's an okay. incredible development okay. of of technology and logistics. Sometimes I, I I bring things that I feel like uh are kind of like uh scotch tape, you know, yeah. where it's like, "Oh, this is a really great thing." You know, but do we have to talk about it? 
<laughs> I remember like, you know, I didn't do a lot of online shopping when I was a kid because it didn't really exist yet. But I remember ordering things like out of magazines or something and then getting them four months later and like being like, oh, did I? What is this? Yeah. I don't remember. But now yeah. it's like I click on this thing and it's like it's in Duluth in a gentleman named Brian, his truck. <laughs> He's driving 54 miles an hour. Here's Brian's traffic record. Yep. You can be sure your package is safe. Press this button to see a webcam with Brian <laughs> on it. You could go on an interactive journey. Use this chat feature to send him a little message of confidence and support. Right. So this became a big thing this uh, holiday season. Um, I mean, it was a big thing, <laughs> I would argue, long before this holiday season. Yeah. I, so this this holiday season, there was an estimated 3 billion packages uh, in transit. It's a 30% jump from last year. Yeah. Um, but an estimated 2.2 million packages were falling behind each day. And this this became a real thing of like trying to figure out like how do I know whether or not this is going to get there in the time frame that I expected yes, it to. Yes, particularly clutch for all gifts for specific time-based holidays. Yes. So this actually, this system, before it was available to the public, it was launched in the late 70s, uh, which was kind of incredible. FedEx was, was the one that kind of started doing this. And initially it was just a a way to improve efficiency. And then in 1979, they started offering it to customers. And you would call FedEx. It was a customer service line, and you would call, and, and they would they would let you know kind of where it was. Okay. Isn't that kind of charming? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking about, like, what people were shipping in the 70s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At that point, it's more peer-to-peer, I imagine. Like, hey, I just sent some gingerbread cookies to my grandson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, back then, it probably took, like, I'm j- I just assume everything before the internet was just full-blown Oregon Trail, which I know it's not. I was alive <laughs> before the internet for Here's a great- Here's some uh, hand-embroidered bell-bottom pants right, from I'm, your sister. I will send them to you. They will be there in one calendar year. <laughs> Uh, in 1980, FedEx began buying up towers and created nationwide wireless data and communication right. yeah. so that they could start d- tracking, you know, in a more effective way. Uh, in 1994, they launched FedEx.com, which was the first site to offer tracking information online. I uh, love learning about early internet. I feel like we've talked about it a couple yeah. times now in the last few episodes of just like, this was the first website that sold things on the website. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah, I mean, I have memories. Like, we, we're definitely the last generation to have memories of kind of what early internet was like. Yeah. And I remember, like, using early internet, but I don't really remember the option to buy things. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was, it was mainly a place where you would enter questions uh, and get answers. Yeah, ask Jeeves or looking at like cool pictures of Final Fantasy characters was about all I knew how to use it for. Or playing Bejeweled. Even that was. Oh, was that late nineties? That was yeah. (laughs) Um. So the the newest kind of innovation uh, is the new follow my delivery feature. Uh, UPS rolled this out in 2016. 
uh, where you can track in real time. Hmm. Uh, and so this is kind of uh, a huge, a huge innovation that has been stolen by companies like Domino's with their pizza tracker. Yeah. <laughs> of this idea of like, yeah, I know it's supposed to get here today, but where is it in my city right now? Right. Like this idea that you can like, be like, oh, okay, he's turning down my street. Okay, let me put my shoes on and I can like be standing there when he arrives with the package. Right. It's kind of incredible. It is pretty wild. I think I like it better in the context of Domino's. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> the, the personality of it that you know, like kind of the artisanship that's going right. into it. Yeah. I'm a part of this. Yeah. By observing this, I am making it real. Mm-hmm. This is quantum pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I have found this really useful. There, this is a time of great uncertainty, <laughs> and there is a lot that you... God, you sound like a press release for a <laughs> fast food restaurant. <laughs> I know, and as a, as a listener of Munch Squad, I appreciate that, the, that my framing is, is pretty standard at this point, yeah. but I will say that uh, getting that kind of confirmation of like, you ordered this, it will be here in four days uh, between 3 and 6 p.m., is so reassuring to me. As a parent, there's a lot of shit that yeah. you, especially when we have a new baby, we can be as prepared as we want to be, but there's going to be a thing. Yeah. Like, and and it's it's reassuring to know that if we forget, like, oh, we need, like, a little tub that goes inside the bathtub to, like, do baths and stuff. We don't have one of those. We can get one, you know from somewhere and know that know know, like when it is yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that that is part of it also like as it continues to be kind of unsafe to be out in public like being able to know that you can get something you need and when you're gonna get it is is a very valuable thing yeah uh so yeah so i i don't know i just have a big appreciation for it it's also just kind of like a little fun a fun adventure to be like, oh, hey, well, how did it end up in Minnesota? I ordered it. Shipping from logistics is um, Oklahoma is wild to me because yeah. it's like, here's this new MIDI keyboard you ordered. It's in Pasadena, and then three hours later, it's in Round Rock. And it's like, how the fuck did that? <laughs> what the? F- yeah. How the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Here's some submissions from our friends at home. Lucy says, I love to wonder at my honey bear, by which I mean the classic bear-shaped honey bottle. This little fellow is a sweet friend and provides the optimal delivery method for honey time. I agree. I, I haven't seen one one better. Yeah, I mean, you could put it in a regular bottle, but that's not That's fun. not fun. No. No. And also, honey always gets weird and gross and crystallized before you can really enjoy all of it. So Very you may true. as well have that happen inside of a cute little cute little guy yeah <laughs> uh morgan says my wonderful thing is visiting the lamp section of a hardware store it's so bright and warm and feels like a mini little lamp theme park love this one that's good walking around lowe's is such a soul-killing experience when you're like looking for one you know pvc pipe fitting and just cannot find it but then you turn the corner and it's like <laughs> 600 lamps although it does kind of suck when you're looking for one type of lamp Look at we. It, I remember shopping for ceiling fans and walking through that section, and being like, "This is too much. This is over." Well, and also like I, I get the effectiveness of being able to see the fan in motion. Yeah, but then you're just you're stumbling around like looking at the ceiling. It hurts your neck. Real life is happening down here <laughs> on the ground. 
Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for for a theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have on MaximumFun.org. Yeah, I am excited to watch uh, The Flop House. just did a, a, a live yeah. show. Where they watch Teen Wolf, I bought myself a ticket, and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that. And treat treat yourself at my leisure. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's so many there's so many programs to enjoy. Go check out all this stuff at maximumfun.org. We have other stuff at macroy.family, including merch and books and and videos. You want to talk about your little puzzles, adventure zone puzzles for the kids? A little adventure zone show coming. Yeah, out? we got a live adventure zone show coming next oh, week. Jesus God, next week we're doing <laughs> Honey Heist, which is a Bear-based heist game, <laughs> uh, and we are doing a, we don't know how it's going to pan out, but in a choose-your-own-adventure version of it where we'll have live polls while we are playing. Uh, we're going to have Erica Ishii as a guest, which I'm very excited it's for. It's going to be super fun. I think a lot of people get intimidated because they're like, oh, I haven't listened in a really long time. Oh, Honey Heist, little, you don't need to know. These are little bottle episodes. Much. I do need to remember... I think, oh, that's right. Okay, my character is a bear named the Thomas Crown Affair. <laughs> after the movie. Okay, yeah, I need to I need to re-listen to the first Honey Heist. I think we actually have a video that, yeah, uh, that, summarizes. that summarizes the events of the first Honey Heist if you want to get in. But yeah, you can get tickets to that at macroy.family. I think it's next Friday. If that feels right to me. But it's the 19th, whatever um, day the 19th is. I also want to give a shout out to those of you that are still on Facebook and looking for a wonderful podcast community. Uh, you can find our Facebook group still listed under Rose Buddies cast, uh, but it is exclusively wonderful podcast. You'll probably get exclusively there. wonderful podcast related. And there is a lot of great discussion that comes after these episodes. I imagine you will see a gr- few television theme songs. Oh, I bet. In that group. I bet. Um, I think that's it. Uh, God, I wish we could go out with like, if we could go out with one of those, and I'll just sing it, I guess, one of those sitcom theme songs. What's the most, what's the powerful one? What would you do? I mean, so are you going to sing the whole thing or? I might just do a bar. I mean, I always, I always at the end of, of Full House, I always liked that like little scat, that little scat part, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Maybe you just do that and then (laughs) that'll be how we go out. Well, I just did. Am I done? Well, do it. Do it hard. Do it good. I'll give you a second. Of si- I'll do it. Give you a second of silence, and then you just do it fucking hard. I love Fraser. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.